This is Bringing Light into Darkness, Monday News and Analysis. This is September 16th, 2019. This is track three of three. Okay, we're back in the studio, and the studio time right here in Austin, Texas is 6.39 p.m. We were talking about the rising rates of malnutrition, and I just want to bring it back to the focus on just the millions and millions of people that are just being brutalized in Yemen for the last four years, which our media have failed to report a lick on. The military results were, some of them get published a little bit. I mean, some of the massacres that, that, that occurred um, was the bombing of a warehouse in a residential area back in May that killed 15 children, according to Human Rights Watch, uh, a bomb that was dropped on a school bus on August 9th, 2018, that put an end to the lives of 40 kids aged 6 to 11 on a school trip and the 11 adults that were accompanying them. The list just goes on and on, day in and day out, and we're so insulated from this uh, reality. You were speaking before the break a little bit about Iran's concern with terrorist acts being also executed on their southern or south, southwestern border by uh, Saudi-sponsored groups and such. I guess what I'd like to ask is, you know, every country has a right to defend itself. Every country has national security interests. And the knee-jerk response of the American media is this thing that Iran has committed all of these terrorist acts, is a leading state a terrorist actor. But uh, so many of these things have never been proven straight out. And certainly, I'm sure there has been acts that could be rated as, as terrorists coming from, from Iran. But when you put it in the context of other nations and the ways that they seek to defend themselves— how overstated or understated do you would you make the argument about projecting Iran, the state of Iran, as a, a terrorist actor? Well, Iran has supported some militia and political military groups around the Middle East. Iran supports the Hezbollah in Lebanon. Iran supports Shia groups in Iraq. Iran supports uh, the Northern Alliance in Afghanistan when the Taliban were in power. And since the Taliban were Iran's enemy, Iran supported the Northern Alliance that was fighting with, uh, with Taliban. And since the war in Yemen began, Iran has provided some help to Houthis. But many, many uh, experts, objective experts, for example, experts with International Crisis Group, or several very good articles published by Foreign Policy and Foreign Affairs, point out that the extent of help that Iran has given the Houthis is greatly exaggerated, precisely for the reason that I mentioned. Yemen is completely surrounded by Saudi Arabia and its allies, as well as U.S. Navy. There is very little possibility. Food cannot get into this country because it's completely surrounded by Saudi Arabia, and Saudi Arabia does not allow it unless pressure by international community becomes intolerable. So if food cannot get into this country, then how can, for example, Iran missiles get into Yemen? Uh, so this is greatly exaggerated. And as Yus Hilterman, the Middle East expert of International Crisis Group, pointed out in a very good article published by Foreign Policy, the Houthis are not like Hezbollah in Lebanon. They are very independent. They have been receiving some aid from Iran, but they are completely different from uh, Lebanese Hezbollah. Now, 
Whether Iran is a leading sponsor of terrorists in the world or not depends on how we define terrorism and whether we consider terrorism committed by our allies as good terrorism and terrorism committed by our enemies as bad terrorism. For example, the United States lists Hezbollah as a terrorist organization, but Hezbollah did carry out some terrorist operation in the 1980s when southern Lebanon was occupied by Israeli forces from 1980 to 2000. There is no question that you know, Hezbollah carried out some terrorist operation. But Hezbollah is more than just a, a military organization. Hezbollah is present in Lebanese parliament. Hezbollah is present in Lebanese government. Uh, Hezbollah runs large hospitals, schools, uh, charities, and so on that help the Shiites which actually make the majority of Lebanese population, but they are poor economically. Of course, because Hezbollah is allied with Iran, and because Hezbollah forces are on the border with Israel, and there has been clashes between Israel and Hezbollah in southern Lebanon, then, of course, Hezbollah is automatically receiving the label of terrorism. Or the Shiite militia group in, in Iraq that is supported by Iran, they played a leading role in defeating Islamic State or ISIS in Iraq last year. But the same group, for example, carries out an attack on any of U.S. allies, uh, immediately receives the label of a terrorist organization. At the same time, there is no question that Iranian government over the past 40 years has committed terrorist acts. But the terrorist act that the, that the Iranian government itself has carried out has been against its Iranian opponents that, for example, live, lived in exile in Europe. Many of them were assassinated by Ministry of Intelligence of Iran's agents in Europe. And of course, those are indeed terrorist acts. But to say that Iran is the leading sponsor of terrorism in the world is great exaggeration. The worst and the leading sponsor of terrorism in the world is, is Saudi Arabia regime. The ideological foundation of all Sunni terrorist groups, from Boko Haram in Nigeria, to Islamic State in Middle East, to Al-Qaeda, to uh, Afghan majority, are all provided by Wahhabists, which is the official religion of Saudi Arabia. And the Saudi regime has never cracked down on Wahhabi ex uh, extremists. According to our own officials, Joe Biden, Vice President to President Obama, Hillary Clinton, former Secretary of State, John Kerry, former Secretary of State, and many, many other senior officials in U.S. government, Saudi Arabia has supported many radical Sunni terrorist groups. Saudi Arabia also supported the war in Libya when NATO alliance attacked Libya in 2011 basically destroyed that country and left behind basically a safe haven for terrorist groups that from there send weapons to West Africa, to the Middle East and other places. Mm -hmm. As I said, Saudi Arabia has supported some terrorist group that operates within Iran on Iranian border with Pakistan and also in uh, southwestern province of Khuzestan where most of Iran oil fields are. In fact, when there was a terrorist attack in Khuzestan, about a year ago, immediately after the terrorist attack, uh, a United Arab Emirates official tweeted that if they attacked military installation within Iran, that's not terrorism. Uh, whereas in, in, in the attack that has been carried out in Iranian province of Khuzestan, 37 civilian innocent people 
the troops who were watching a military parade on Armed Forces Day. So while no doubt Iranian government over the past 40 years has committed some terrorist attacks, and while no doubt Iran does support its allies in the Middle East that Western countries view as terrorist organizations, it is great exaggeration to say that Iran is the greatest sponsor of terrorism. Mm-hmm. This label belongs squarely to Saudi Arabia, a Sunni fundamental regime. I think as you started your comments, you hit on something that's really important. There's no such thing as good terrorism. You know, it's all bad. And yes. so, yet, can remember in our country, we, we supported in Nicaragua the Contras, and they, they attacked civilians. They didn't even attack government soldiers in Nicaragua, and we called them freedom fighters. So we call these terrorists freedom fighters if they're on our side, it seems like. And then when you look at you know, just the Central American history that we're very familiar with on this show, that the governments of El Salvador and particularly Guatemala before that throughout the 60s and such, the most horrific governments in the history of this hemisphere have been supported by U.S. military aid and other Western nations and such. And there's never any type of outspoken concern about that. But geopolitically, if you're on the other side of the fence and are fighting for and trying to perhaps get your own independence of sorts, then the language and these words are are rolled out in order to stir up the American consciousness towards justifying whatever our foreign policy initiatives want, which we have already gone over in Iraq, where our foreign policy initiatives devastating to the Iraq people in 2011 in Libya, devastating to the, the millions of people there in Libya, and on and on and on and such. Listen, we only have about two minutes left, and I wanted to just ask you to sum up where Pompeo basically has been coming out, making comments that are not backed by evidence he's presenting, and Iran actually denying these accusations of these launches and stuff. Now that we've set the context and we can understand the greater context which all this is happening in, what are your thoughts and what what is your prognosis for what you see coming? Well, the idea that Iran at this particular point would stage this attack against Saudi Arabia is not rational. The reason I say that is because next week we have annual meeting of United Nations General Assembly and head of states of many countries, including Iran, will attend that. There has been talk about meeting between President Rouhani and President Trump on the side of meeting of General Assembly in New York. And there has been talk about the European Union mediating between Iran and the United States, trying to provide some relief from economic sanctions for Iran so that it can facilitate the meeting between President Rouhani and President Trump. So under this condition, when meeting of General Assembly of the United Nations is coming up and when President Rouhani is going to go to New York, I do not find it reasonable or rational or justified to think that Iran would stage such an attack. Remember, we had a similar episode in Syria. On August 21st, 2013, Mm -hmm. a United Nations team arrived in Damascus, the capital of Syria, to look into the possibility that the Syrian government had committed war crime by using chemical weapons. Mm -hmm. But on the same day when they arrived in Damascus, there was a chemical attack. 
And it just didn't make sense that when the Syrian government is being investigated by United Nations, it would stage a chemical attack. We have the same situation in Iran. Nobody is certain at this point, but if I am to judge based on what I have seen, I find that it doesn't make sense to me when we have United Nations meeting, we have the possibility of some mediation between Iran and the United States. We have the possibility of meeting between President Rouhani and President Trump. Iran would stage an attack against Saudi Arabia. I believe, yeah. first and foremost, this was committed by Houthis, who are defending themselves against Saudi regime and its terrorists and its war crimes in Yemen. I concur with that. I think when you see who benefits from such an attack, it certainly is not exactly. Iran. Yeah, and that's, that's very clear. And I do think that perhaps Iran has helped the Houthis with their drone technologies and such. But who shouldn't help out a country fighting against Saudi Arabia, you know, for the last four years would be my question. You know, who's got the moral high ground, if anyone? Exactly. Listen, we are out of time. Dr. Sahimi, thank you so much for your insights tonight. As always, it's very, very appreciated. Thank you again. And we will continue to follow your work. Thank you so much for all the work that you do and making time for us on Bringing Light into Darkness. Thank you for having me in your program, Pedro. I appreciate it. All right, friend.